0: Follow The Price of Paradise now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news...
1: The former nurse, Lucy Letby, has been
2: found guilty of murdering seven babies and attempting to kill six others at the
0: Countess of Chester Hospital.
3: Between June 2015 and June 2016, babies who seemed to be doing reasonably well would suddenly collapse. Lucy Letby was the common factor.
0: The verdicts make the 33-year-old
2: Britain's most prolific baby killer. This was a podcast about one of the most anticipated criminal trials for years. It's now a podcast about one of the worst serial killers in modern times. At 12.52pm on Friday, August the 18th, 2023, we brought you the news that a neonatal nurse was guilty of killing babies in her care.
4: After a trial lasting for over 10 months and more than 110 hours of painstaking deliberation, the jury decided that Lucy Letby murdered seven babies at the Countess of Chester Hospital and she tried to kill six more.
2: She was cleared of two further charges of attempted murder and the jury could not reach verdicts on six further allegations.
4: I'm Liz Hull, Northern Correspondent for the Mail. I've been in court throughout and have reported on the case as it developed.
2: And I'm Caroline Cheatham, a broadcast journalist. Every week we've examined what's happened and brought you the details behind the headlines. This is the trial
4: of Lucy Letby.
2: We were really fortunate that the detectives in this case uh, gave us a lot of their time and we wanted to bring you more of those interviews. And one of the key things we wanted to bring you today was something that came up across this trial which was that Lucy Letby abused the trust, not only of the babies and the parents in this case, but also of her colleagues.
4: Welcome to episode 56, Violation of Trust.
2: Lucy Letby went under the radar for so long and effectively was a sort of killer in plain sight, if you like, because on the face of it, she was a good, competent nurse. She was also incredibly helpful. She offered to do extra shifts. Mm. She offered to do the night shifts that people didn't like so much. She offered to do the extra Sunday shifts. People went on a break. She was the one to cover. What we now know, of course, is that that was the opportunity that she then took to harm children. And we've talked a lot about The abuse of trust, if you like, of the parents and the babies. We've not talked a lot about the abuse of trust of her colleagues, the people that she regarded, if you look at the text messages that she was sending as a family.
4: Yeah. And she had friends on the unit. She was friends with people outside of work. And she was a good nurse. You know, she wasn't a brilliant nurse. She wasn't a terrible nurse. She was, you know, a competent nurse on that ward. And, Obviously, her colleagues trusted her, and she used her ability to manipulate that trust to kill and harm these children. Detective Chief Inspector Nicola Evans was the Deputy Senior Investigating Officer in the case, and she generously gave her time to speak to us to talk about this point, to talk about how Lucy Letby abused the trust, not only of the babies, their parents, but crucially of the colleagues that she was working with. I wanted to start by just highlighting the fact that for many of these parents, for
2: all of these parents, their children collapsed and some died many, many years ago. And they thought what happened to their children was natural causes. Tragic and awful, but natural. So for you to knock on their door as an investigation team and say that was wrong... And then have them support you in this investigation must have been huge for those families. And I wonder whether you just took us through those sorts of moments and conversations.
3: Yes, yeah, so it's unimaginable what they're going through. And I actually can't begin to imagine how they feel now, how they felt at the beginning of this investigation. And for us, from a police perspective, we usually start with a crime and we usually investigate from the point of a crime. This case was, was really different in that we started right back at the birth of these babies and the initial parts of the investigation was to establish had a crime occurred. And at the point we had established that on medical expert reports and advice, we then clearly arrested Lucy Letby and also at that point told the families that we believed that something suspicious had happened to their child. It really wasn't lost on any of the investigation team that for the families that had lost babies, they were in a process of grief. That grief lasts many, many years. For some people, it never goes away. I can't even begin to imagine how they feel. But for us to then go and tell them, that actually we believe somebody had harmed their baby. It was really difficult, it was really challenging. All of the families in this case have had and have acted with such resilience throughout the investigation and composure. And during the, the trial itself, the dignity that they've displayed and the compassion that they've displayed during that process has just been really overwhelming. There's been some really
4: difficult moments where, you know, some, you know, mums and dads have had their account of what happened, challenged, obviously, because we see, like, these barristers doing a job as well and has challenged their account. And they have that as well must have been so hard for them to listen to. But, they've you know, they've done it, haven't they, with a a lot of dignity and bravery, really.
3: I I, I think it's bravery as well. Yeah, their strength has just been, it has been overwhelming, their strength. A courtroom is such a forensic place to be. The evidence has had to be presented in a blunt manner so that everybody understands what Mm. case we're putting forward. And then clearly the defence have the opportunity to question that evidence and to interrogate that evidence and to imagine to be sat there as a mother or a father listening to that about your own baby it's, it's almost unimaginable and I just I, I, I can't begin to think of how they feel and, mm-hmm. and how they've got through this process over the last 10 months.
2: In terms of the way this came and to your desk in the first instance and how you first were aware of anything going on at the Countess, can you walk us through... The moment, I suppose, when you first got a call or the letter or whatever it was that arrived at Cheshire Police, but also then the
3: realisation of what you might be dealing with. Yeah, so the, the Countess of Chester, they wrote a letter to the Chief Constable and they asked for Cheshire Police to investigate. And at that point for us, it was about listening to what they were telling us, what they, they were reporting to us, but keeping a really open mind as to what had happened. And that's why we went right back to the beginning to establish if a crime had had occurred. And I think for everybody on the investigation at that point, and then as it moved on, there was a real disbelief that this could have happened. And so I think everybody in the very early days, we believed we'd find a natural cause. We thought we would speak to the experts and the experts would tell us What had happened Mm. to these children, to these babies, we never anticipated the experts to come back to tell us that they'd been inflicted harm. And so when they did, that was a huge point in the investigation. The objective has always been to tell the families what happened to their babies. But in those early days, it was very hard to believe that somebody would have committed these crimes at all. Well, I was going to say that. So the experts come back to you and,
2: and say, you know, we think this, these babies have been harmed deliberately. I mean, you know, you're a seasoned detective. There must have been disbelief in your team that someone could have done that to tiny, vulnerable
3: children. It's really hard to accept. It's really hard to understand. It was back then. It still is now. How anybody could Harm a baby, but on top of that, how anybody could harm a baby in a neonatal unit, and I think that is something that resonates with us as an investigation team, but also with the doctors, and nurses, the people that were on the neonatal unit at the time. And it's almost like the ultimate breach of trust, though, isn't it? know, yeah. and there's been a lot of talk about
4: her operating in plain sight because. If I was there with my child in, in that ward and saw a nurse doing something with a long line that Lucy Lettley's supposed to have done, like she's supposed to have done, you would not question what she was doing because you would assume that she was doing the best for your baby. So I think that is really a crucial part of this case, that the breach of trust. Um, diff- really difficult for families to accept that as well.
3: Yeah, it is. It's, it's huge. Nobody would, would expect... And I think that's come out in in the evidence, in that when these collapses and deaths occurred, nobody was thinking that somebody was harming babies, because why would that enter anybody's rational thoughts at that time, particularly not the parents? You would just never ever consider that as an option for them.
0: Have you ever felt like escaping to your own desert island?
1: For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. We heard a lot in the trial that you've been in every single day
2: about the four consultants in particular. They did raise concerns. They did think the unthinkable. And, you know, nothing happened for a long time. I know the hospital will answer for themselves, but
3: do you wish someone had done something sooner? don't think there's anybody that's connected to this case that doesn't wish that somebody had done something sooner. Lucy Letby is responsible for her actions. And I'm unable to answer for the Countess of Chester themselves as to what the actions they took. At the point the police were asked to investigate, we received full cooperation from everybody within the hospital. And we've spoken to thousands of witnesses hundreds of them have been part of the trial process and the impact on them and everybody involved is huge and I think that just goes some way to show people's endeavour to ensure that the families have the answers that they deserve and that's much wiser than the police. To go back to your question I don't think there is anybody that doesn't wish that this was raised earlier and that we the police weren't involved earlier and we knew that
4: um, Operation Hummingbird still, in, in effect, still ongoing. I'm from Chester. There'll be lots of parents like myself from Chester who will be looking back and thinking of the time that they had their children in the countess, thinking, you know, c- can I be sure that, you know, my baby
3: wasn't harmed? The investigation is still ongoing, and I think the public would expect us to still be investigating the whole of Lucy Letby's career after the verdicts. But that investigation is... Is still ongoing. It is wide-reaching. That's in relation to the Countess of Chester and the time that Lucy Letby was at the Liverpool Women's Hospital. Have people been in touch with you already, or have you been in touch with them? We do have a basis for people to contact us, and, and people do contact us from the public for those wider investigations. Anybody um, who is part of that. They are aware of that and are being supported by our team. So I would say if anybody has any concerns, to contact us. But if we were concerned about their cases, then they would already know about that. One of the key moments in the trial that really resonated in the last
2: couple of weeks, actually, which goes to your point about the footprint going back to 2011 when she began her career, was the course that she went on where as part of that course, the dangers of embolus were outlined. And also that she was able at some point to then administer treatment down a long line. I wonder if one of the concerns, I suppose, is that she got better at successfully attacking children.
3: I think we mentioned earlier about her operating in plain sight and her abusing the trust of people around her and clearly as that has gone on you would say there is an argument for somebody to become more confident in what they were doing because they weren't being stopped. Whether that's happened here I can't comment on from the evidence but clearly our case has always been and it's been clear throughout the trial that Lucy Letby was a competent nurse. She knew how to do her job and the people around her Believed in her as a competent nurse, and she used that as a cover for her crimes. So she was trusted to
2: watch children when people went on breaks, or to help another colleague, and
3: always helpful to step in when needed, offering to do extra shifts, things like that. And that's certainly what's come out from the witnesses during the, the, the trial, that Lucy Letby herself described them as a small family They were close colleagues, they trusted each other, and they were, lots of them, friends outside of the unit. Uh, And that's been clear from the evidence that we've heard in the trial and from the evidence of Lucy Letby herself. But clearly, she has used that trust on an unimaginable level to commit some horrendous crimes, and the impacts of that on those people is also great. And there's not really been any motive offered up apart
4: from you know she enjoyed the attention the drama you know maybe she wanted to get the attention of this married doctor that she was close to can you put your finger on what her motive was why it seems you know to an ordinary person like you said before it seems absolutely incredible that anyone would want to would be able capable of doing this
3: yeah I think we've seen all of those motives explored during the trial and We Our objective was to tell the families what have happened. One of the things that I I don't believe we have been able to do is to tell them why. As a police officer, that's really hard to take. A whole undertaking was to to tell them what has happened and not being able to tell them why it is difficult. And I don't think we can put... I couldn't put my finger on what exactly the motive has been and ultimately only Lucy Letby can answer that. She has had an opportunity during the trial and during her interviews and has continually denied the offences. And it's my view that she will continue to deny them. And so we might never have, have the answer for the families. When you
4: arrested her, she didn't stay quiet. You know, she gave evidence in the witness box. Do you think she thought she was cleverer than you? Not just the police, everyone. Do thought that she, she'd done enough to, to get
3: away with it? I wonder whether she fully understood the forensic lengths we would go to Mm -hmm. to understand this case and the level of expert evidence and advice that we would take i don't know that for sure but my own opinion is that lucy let didn't necessarily understand the depths that we would go to to ensure that we got this right and that we understood what had happened and therefore, in those interviews, she did provide a lot of evidence, evidence that has been used during the trial and conflicting accounts from her herself that we have ultimately analysed and interrogated against the rest of the case. And that's been really important and impactive for the jury. In terms of her,
2: if you like, we've talked about motive and that she operated in plain sight that she was competent people have described her as a bit anonymous
3: you know a little bit beige if you like what was your view of her from the evidence that we've gained through the investigation i would say she was a normal 20 year old 20 something year old at the time and she had a group of friends and her family and a social life Nothing that you wouldn't expect from somebody of her age at that point and at that time. I think the fact that she was kind of nondescript and average in work allowed her to go under the radar and allowed her to commit these offences and abuse the trust of the people around her because there wasn't anything outrageous about her. There wasn't anything stand out about her. She was, you know... Beige or vanilla. Have you found anything in her background
4: that would you would say you would point? Oh, that's a bit odd. That might be why she's done this. Or I mean, she seems to have had quite a normal upbringing as well. You know, grew up in a cul de sac in a, a town in like Hereford, which is very much like Chester, actually, very quite small cathedral place. You know, seems well, maybe it's just because you can't comprehend it, but it seems odd
3: that she's had She's so ordinary. On a human level, everybody tries to kind of figure out why there must be something in, the, in her background or there must be something that's happened to her that has led to these crimes. And I think that makes this more shocking for everybody that mm. involved, that we haven't necessarily found anything that, that could point towards a reason why, as, as investigating murders, we often find that... We understand why something has happened, not necessarily that we agree with that, but we understand why something may have occurred and we haven't found that in this case. But I'm not sure anything explains these crimes and I'm not sure there is anything that we could have found that would actually lead me to understand why she's done it because it is so unimaginable.
2: I wanted to go back to one of your points earlier let me herself describe them as a, a family, if you like, on the, the doctors and the nurses on this unit were a family. One of the things that was so shocking when we've outlined it on the podcast and when we've heard it in court and the, the efforts made by these doctors and nurses to save the lives of these children. Some of these children had 50 minutes of CPR. Some of these children were bleeding.
3: The impact on them and what they have experienced and gone through is huge. Some of the work that they have done during this period has been extraordinary. And they have gone to every length to save these babies. They have cooperated completely with us throughout. And their their endeavour to this case, it's staggering as to how they're feeling and how tense they've been during this period. Particularly for the nurses, Lucy Letby has violated their trust. She has violated their trust in their unit, in their profession, on a huge, unimaginable scale. And ultimately, that's been laid out for everybody to see. And that must be so difficult to then go back into work every day and still provide that high level of care that they're that they're providing. It's remarkable the impact this has had on people's lives, but also how people have reacted to that.
2: You've talked a lot about the impact on everybody else. You've been in this investigation since the
3: beginning, and I just wonder what the impact has been on you. It's really difficult to talk about us and how this has been for the police because our whole objective, this whole investigation has been about providing those answers. It's been an emotional process and one that I think none of us will ever forget and will always be part of. I don't think any of our team will come out of this trial the same person they were at the beginning, but it really is difficult to answer because it isn't about us. So that's it for
2: episode 56. You can catch more of our post-verdict episodes on Mail Plus or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: You can give us a rating and you can share the podcast. You can also follow me at Liz Hull or send us an email at the thetrialoflucyletby at gmail.com.
2: You can also follow us on Twitter at Lucy Letby Trial or follow me at Radio Caroline. See you then.
0: Our hit series, Everything I Know About Me, is back for a brand new season, and this time our guest needs no introduction. I'm going to find me, Darren! But here's one anyway.
2: Hi, I'm Gemma Collins, and this is Everything I Know About
0: Me. If you think you know all about Gemma Collins, think again, because this is the GC as you've never heard her before it's been exhausting unashamed
2: and i was really heartbroken because i was pregnant and he was having an affair unfiltered i have had an operation as well years ago i have a designer vagina yeah baby i don't have camel toe
0: unbelievable
2: and then they advised me you need to have a termination and uh yeah i remember that being really stressful (laughs)
0: Everything I Know About Me with Gemma Collins is out this Thursday wherever you get your podcasts.